I went out. I got I got food and a drink and watched some of the football game before our uh, before our recording. Okay. Okay. And my okay, and my bill came to something like two hundred and seventy something pesos. So oh, twelve right. bucks, okay. thirteen bucks. Uh, and then what I got back in my change was a one hundred dollar bill, so five bucks. And then twenty five single peso coins. Wow. Oh, and that's a lot. I just didn't know what to do in that situation because is, I wasn't isn't sure. Isn't there one coin for that? There's not a 25. There's a, tw- there's a 20 bill and there's two tens. There's a five. There's two. Sure. I got, I got the obvious worst possible way to give change yes. in any amount, in any quantity. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the amount that I got back was an upsettingly large. Uh, but what was annoying? So I wasn't sure if this was like a weird way of like trying to milk a tip because I was going to leave a decent tip. He was a decent waiter. But then I was pissed about this right. about this pile about this pile of pesos in front well, of me. Rory, we've had this discussion before about no. This this we've had a similar one about like getting change. This is the yes. etiquette of like tipping with the money that I like. You're not supposed to yes. leave pennies for tips. But he right. gave me a shitload of pennies. And I, I was, see. you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. you're right. It is a similar, it's a similar issue that has been hashed. Because Jingle, because Jingle Pockets is Jingle just Pockets not, is not, a, not, it's not a way of life. It's not a way to live. But it was more like, do I begrudgingly fall for his plan that would have worked if he gave me normal change? Do I stiff him because of all the Jingle Pockets that he's, you know, cursed me with <laughs> <laughs> well here's the thing you've already you you've pat you're you're past the situation now so i think you can tell us what you did do i left all the ones i gave him what i yeah. had in my pocket yeah. To, yeah. To, to bring it up to a 15 percent tip and bounced uh-huh yeah that's what you, you gotta do yeah. if they give you pennies you tip in pennies <laughs> yes what i'm saying it was like i didn't want to tip in pennies but you brought me 25 also also the idea that you'll just be sort of gallivanting home like some sort of like robin hood target prancing through the woods with coin pockets of bulging on a little (laughs) pony sort of like (laughs) waiting to be merry men all right everybody thanks for coming back to saturday morning tuesdays an adult podcast about children's cartoons i'm your host rory i'm andy and i'm austin and guys, before we get any further, I think we need to address a critical lack of our podcast's, I don't know, call it SEO potential, our, our, our mm. viral load. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think we have a fun name for our listeners. Oh, you mean like how Lady Gaga calls them her, like the little monsters? The little Gaganites. <laughs> it's it's no it's definitely her, that one yeah her little walton goggins <laughs> all my little waltons <laughs> great actor love his work so um, what what do we call ours huh do you have any any pitches rory because gosh i well i've got i've got one to, to kind of get us rolling um, okay 
I'm sticking okay. like the two like two dinos. Okay, oh, it's not okay. my favorite. Right. I could yeah. live with it. I could you live know, with it. And our brand is is two days. You know, it's not just Tuesdays. It's mm, Saturdays sure. and Tuesdays. It's two <laughs> different <laughs> days of the week that we sort of cover. So I feel like anything we do has to sort of like a two fifths you know, compromise. Uh, what if we what if we called what if we what if we made it a third day and we just called them our 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 Fridays our girls Friday you know um okay then it spreads it out over the week and then it's actually this is good. true this That's is true good. um or Be a different day what if we combine all three words of the name and something like Satmorn to uh. I set, like that it sounds our, kind of like the thing you're doing, which is fun. Our Satmorn Tuesday. You know what? So it's good that we are starting from a place, you know? That yeah. we're really beginning the conversation right now and not deciding on anything right now. <laughs> right. Because we, we can we can kick I this think, we can kick this can down the hill. You might think, you know, other podcasts probably have pre-conversation about this and come in, you know, loaded with good ideas, but And those this people one, are fake. They're those are fake people. And yes. we hate them and we don't agree with what they do. This is all we'll, live all the time. We <laughs> say unfiltered bad takes first. <laughs> we leave it all out on the podcast field. Every time, every night, no prep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are in the middle of our CGI explodapalooza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> only the most explosive CG shows. <laughs> uh, last week, we watched Reboot. And we've got two very special cartoons for you guys. If the cartoon is even the proper proper nomenclature for what these things are well right and and you know what i feel like we were kind of taking the easy way out because it is you know it's so easy what uh, you tell people we're watching cg shows and they the first thing they say top of their head of course you list the best cg animated shows they're gonna say voltron the third dimension and hot wheels <laughs> battle force five fused <laughs> we phoned it in with you know popular nostalgia uh cash grab <laughs> Hot Wheels, Battle Force, and Voltron, the third dimension. I swear, um, uh, I, I, I would love to meet anyone who remembers either of these shows from their youth. I just, I want to, I want to meet any of them. I, I don't even know what networks these were on. I wasn't even aware of these until we did research. No. Um, I, my favorite thing is that you might think Voltron, the third dimension is the title of a Voltron show set in 3D. Uh, which yes. it is, uh, mm, but yes. it's also it's also Voltron's name apparently in this show. He goes, I don't know, unless the credits are misleading. <laughs> he goes by Voltron the Third Dimension. The mech, <laughs> in the, the lion, the big lion. No, the the full Voltron goes by Voltron yeah. the Third Dimension. Oh, is he a he lion? I thought himself. He, he's five lions. Well, well, okay, but if you're made of five lions, are you not also a lion? Or can you just be a dude made of five lions? No, the guardian Voltron, a... the spirit Voltron, the guardian, is not five lions. He is sort of something more. Okay. He's I would tell listeners, Austin. Listeners, if you, if you are sort of feeling your, your hairs stand on end and your hackles raise, it's because you're in the presence of a true nerd. Someone who <laughs> actually does seem to know the lore of Voltron and... I don't know, maybe he's trying to hide it a little bit, or maybe you know, he's trying to like, slip it under the radar, but we do need to put the, the, the spotlight over here on Austin. 
tell us everything you know about Voltron and why uh, you're such a big no. nerd about it. I will save it for when we're talking about the show Voltron and its actual segment. <laughs> Thank then you very the much. Then say the thing. Oh no, not yet. We gotta talk a little bit. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta ease people in. You gotta, we gotta ease people into this week. Butter the people. Butter the baby. Butter the baby. Butter our little toast friends. Ooh, the toast friends. Do we call them no. the toast friends? Why? Because we gotta butter them. No, I mean that's that's great. This is all part of the process of sort of finally getting there. A little toasties. Uh, <laughs> our sort of French toast dippers that. That we love. I've always thought we should maybe sort of slowly transition to being a toast podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what sort of what sort of possible topics do you have for that? I mean, there's a lot of breads to toast. Yeah. So oh, I think yeah. that's gonna that's we're gonna get a lot of mileage out of that. <laughs> that's gonna take up most of it. Yeah. Before we have to start like reviewing, <laughs> before we start reviewing jams and different butters. We've already done a sourdough <laughs> episode, so uh, one of yeah. the best episodes we've ever made. <laughs> might I, yeah. Yeah. We dipped a toe right on in there, and you know we just didn't add the heat. You know. Right. Right. That show is always missing some heat. So yeah, I think that's <laughs> that's uh, great. So I want to. I want to. If if we're still in the preamble, I do want to say. Uh, Austin is the one who brought us Voltron the third dimension for obvious reasons. He seems to be a, a Voltron a, he's five a, a aficionado. He's a boy. He's, a, he's not a boy. He's five lions. That's five yeah. lions in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hot Wheels Battle Force 5 could only have come highly recommended from someone who is as bad, maybe good or bad at Google as Rory Voy. Um, <laughs> I, I don't I think I think bad at Google maybe because I don't like the way you Google and I don't <laughs> like that it brought us this. But we we have these two shows that we've never heard of, and I think as always, when we dive in blind, in a category of show, computer animated shows, that is already way, way predominantly stinker heavy. Uh I think that the odds were good we were gonna end up with a week <laughs> like this. Uh-huh. And I guess just, you know, brace yourselves. And maybe did any of us did any of us come prepared with a list of topics to talk about instead of these oh. cartoons? <laughs> well, I don't believe so. Now, granted, I don't wanna I don't wanna dog on you guys too hard because both of you guys caveated last week the uh that reboot sort of gathers steam and has a sort of large mm. quality shift that we didn't experience. <laughs> I don't believe what well, relative to what we saw. <laughs> yes. Um I don't believe this week's was a large drop in quality, if at all. I mean, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll save I'll save my more specific commentary, but yeah, uh, at least half of what we saw was not worse than the reboot episodes we saw. Sure, I'll, sure. I'll I'll agree with you in overall effect. I think there. I think if you broke it down into specific categories, I think reboot has some stellar things that it does. Uh, but it's very specific, like little spikes on a graph that's largely in the negative. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. As much as it pains me uh, that Reboot is not that great, and neither are these shows. But there are also delightful spikes to talk about for these. <laughs> yes, so, and I don't want to waste any more time in getting mm -hmm, to them. So mm -hmm. I think it is time to dive right in. From days of long ago... From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. The legend of Voltron, a mighty robot 
Loved by good, feared by evil. As Voltron's legend grew, peace settled across the galaxy. But then the evil Prince Lotor escaped from his prison in deep space. He formed a secret alliance with Hagar, mistress of dark magic, and together they summoned awesome forces of fear and destruction, threatening the universe with new, horrible menaces. Voltron was needed once again. Now comes the story of a super force of space explorers, specially trained and sent by the highest echelon of the Galaxy Alliance to bring back Voltron. This is Voltron, the third dimension. All right, everybody, uh, we're back, or should we say, you know, our lovely fans, our our sat, our sat, sat holes? Satellites? <laughs> our satty, satty, ch- satty, boom boom Our satty, satty, Tuesdays? <laughs> our corn children. <laughs> oh. I think Stephen our... King beat us to that one. Damn yeah, it. Yeah, damn. In a, in a, damn in a rare case of somebody else being <laughs> ahead of the cornball on us. Well, we should all assemble our thoughts like five lions and talk about our first show of the day, which is Voltron the Third Dimension. And a little bit of backstory on Voltron the Third Dimension. There One, we go. did not do a whole lot of research on this. The oh, thing yeah, is, no. my primary... Uh, connection to Voltron. I I watched a bit of the original 80s anime. Um but I watched a lot of the more recent Netflix um Voltron that was done by Studio Mir, the Legend of Korra studio. Um and watched quite a lot of that show and enjoyed it. Uh for the most part never quite finished it because I heard they kind of didn't stick the ending. That's also what I heard. Yeah. Um but for the most part really really pretty good, really enjoyable. Um, and so they carried over a lot of the, the canon of the original show and Voltron, the third dimension does something interesting because they also treat this show. This was, I want to say, God, what was the year on this? 1980, 1998, 1998. Okay. Um, they carry on a lot of the narrative from the original show, uh, and kind of act like this is a sequel series only you know it is it's in 3d and it kind of bears no resemblance in any sort of (laughs) beautification factor i guess it and looks worse than reboot which was 1994 um this show is uggo this show is (laughs) deep deep uggo i just it was not it was not good to look at and my first my first thought these are the first two thoughts I had in order as I got into the show was, oh, my God, these character models look like they're all 35 years old. And then I thought, wait, it's a sequel show. How much time has passed? Are they 35 years old? And that I never got an answer on. That's very unclear as to what age these people are. But yeah, uh, partially a lot of that is due to the art where they all just kind of look in a weird way. They look like action figures in how yeah. little they they express or articulate convey emotionality what Mm -hmm. they really seem like when you get um 3d rendering programs they there are these sort of like default poser models (laughs) that come with it that sort of like you use as like as like tests (laughs) you know it's just like like a t-posing test figure and (laughs) 
and they're kind of on these when they're not, you know, when it's passable, when they are all outside in, in their big lions and doing big spaceship fights, like it's passable. Once you actually see them as characters, as like people, they all kind of do this weird animation loop. They're like idle pose um, where they just sort of wiggle and squirm uh, <laughs> like they're doing a weird dance. Like nobody, nobody just stands still because they think, oh, well, we can't have them just sort of stand stock still. That would look weird and lifeless. So we have to have them, <laughs> you know, sort of gyrate a little bit <laughs> in place <laughs> in like a weird loop. And, uh, you know, look, look, the medium is so early. This is one of those cases where they tried something and it didn't work. And shows don't do that anymore because it looks awful. It yeah, looks well, they, so bad. But they, they did it in the way that you see a lot of these sort of half-baked experiments happen, which is couch it in a very successful property, right? And sometimes, right, yeah. You know, sometimes that's the only way to do it. Um, yeah, this show was a... Show was a big old stinker, and now we picked a particularly bad episode for this review, I believe, because within the first thirty seconds, they are kicked off the Voltron team and sent to go. <laughs> well, they have to go pick up rocks for twenty minutes. Yes. Okay. So, so before we get into the synopsis, I want to just give a little background on Voltron because it needs a little bit of a background before we start discussing this. So, if you know nothing about Voltron, which I believe the two of you are kind of we're kind of in that camp. Sort um, of. Yeah. So basically you have these five heroes who um were given the gift of these different lions of of the castle of lions and Princess Allura with her sort of home alien civilization had the secret of these lions, and then you have this other empire, uh Galra and led by King Zarkon and his son, mm -hmm. Prince Lotor. And they were trying to take over the, the galaxy, basically. And so you had Allura as the sort of surviving other race, enlisting a team of Earth kids to help her pilot these lions and form Voltron and fight Galra and fight King Zarkon and his, and his, his weird son, Prince Lotor. <laughs> and uh they have a witch named Hagar who does witchery things. Um and they uh you know that sort of ran its course. And so they're they're picking up here after King Zarkon has kind of gone neutral and and has sort of turned a new leaf, and now the main enemy is Prince Lotor, play, played by Tim Curry in this one, which is fucking incredible <laughs> um and uh, uh so the thing about voltron is that the best episodes of voltron are usually when they aren't dealing with lions like because it's it's the plot problem where you have this all-powerful god that they pilot that solves any problem most of the mm -hmm. time and the lions are these kind of mythical technologies so they don't like need like a screwdriver you know like they don't like get right fixed. they don't need gasoline right yeah. exactly so they kind of are always magical and perfect and do everything and then they form voltron one time every episode and solve all their problems and so the constant battle with voltron is finding ways to get these pilots separated from their lions and have to actually do like problem solving because otherwise there's just not much of it 
to speak yeah. of. So, well, I appreciate that that is a reasonable sort of litmus test to how to pick a Voltron episode. It failed us this week. Yeah. So, so this week, the episode is titled A Rift in the Force. And the synopsis doesn't really exist because nobody cares enough about the show <laughs> to chronicle it. So I wrote up a quick little synopsis here. The Voltron Guardians are forced to disband by the Galactic Council and sent to do cleanup duty on a distant planet infested with radioactive space lice. Now, it's true that I did pick this episode because it features radioactive space lice <laughs> as a primary issue that they fight. Um, but yeah. But it didn't feel that present, really. No, in the, no, no. And that was a big letdown for me. No, the, the, tr <laughs> the true villain of this, of this episode was the writer who uh -huh. could not uh -huh. figure out how to create conflict and so conjured it out of whole cloth and hoped we wouldn't notice that there wasn't any reason for it. <laughs> the prestige. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this this one, it's weird. The, the, the setup on this is that they have, they're fighting, you know, Lotor's bad guys or whatever, right? Like they've responded to some sort of distress call, blah, blah, blah. And Lotor is, uh, this is all his master plan or something. He causes uh, the mine on this planet they're fighting above to seemingly explode. And then later, the Galactic Council is like, why the fuck did you go in there and attack unprovoked? And they're like, we weren't unprovoked. We were doing a whole thing. And that's why they get fired, basically. And uh, as a punishment, they're forced to go clean up the mine that they supposedly destroyed uh, and that's their mission now. Right. And, and the stupid thing is how King Zarkon, the former bad guy, is on this council now. And he's <laughs> he's acting like he's fucking Switzerland all of a sudden. And he's like, well, I don't know what, you know, what gave you that bogus reason to go and attack my son who's evil. And I'm good now. Um, but you guys are out of commission. And then it shows him in shadow, in yeah. obvious shadow, with the shape of his crown and everything. It's like, who? Who could be this mysterious mole? <laughs> In the organization. <laughs> well, and it just goes to show, like, you could actually take the premise, you know, that's been gifted, gifted, that's been given to the to the listener so far, and draw some draw some drama out of that. Like, it, mm -hmm. it's it's not bad in synopsis form. the The sheer audacity to then spend twenty minutes of airtime in an animated show watching the heroes do janitorial work it was <laughs> unforgivable <laughs> yes yes the other the other issue with this early early phase of the episode is they are so they're 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 sent to off to do cleanup work kp duty you know whatever um on on this planet and in this moment um the the voice acting cast is totally stacked, which is great. I mean, which is kind of the tragedy of this show, because you've got yeah. Billy West. Yet it's all still in place, almost as if it wasn't bombed at all. Um, you've got Tim fucking Curry. Just look how smoothly my drone ship planted its mutation bomb. That should keep the Voltron fools busy. Uh, you've got... Three of the actors from the original show just reprising their roles. Right. Um, but then you've got Kevin Michael Richardson, who is a great, totally versatile voice actor. Great. Love his work. You know, he's, he's in everything. No, not Michael Richardson. Careful, Mike. Kev or Michael Richards. What the hell is his name? Kevin. Yeah. yeah Kevin Michael Richardson. He uh, <laughs> in this show, he voices both King uh, King Zarkon and Hunk and the narrator. 
and there is a, a Brad Garrett robot <laughs> yes. uh, that also has a deep voice that sounds a lot like him. And so in this scene, we are given exposition from first this deep voiced robot, and then it cuts to a scene with Kevin Michael Richardson talking on the screen as King Lotor, and then goes to Hunk, who is also Kevin Michael Michael Richardson. And it's just, it's too much. You don't know who's talking because it's like, you can't use the same actor and the same voice. It's just over and over. It's like voice well, and acting before, 101. Before anyone is like, well, at least you had Tim Curry. Uh, there is a sort of uh, um, almost masterwork happening right here where Tim Curry is somehow at the exact same time chewing the fuck out of these lines and phoning it the fuck in. And I don't know how you do uh-huh. both of those things at once, but he is managing it. I mean, I that's, that's a, Tim Curry a lot way. of Tim Curry's career, yeah. yeah he that's gets, his, he like... gets the weirdest parts that he has no interest in, but just goes and gives it 180%. Yeah, his famous, his like, thing. space. Space! <laughs> Prince Lothar! And you're like, all right. Yeah. We, we, have to, we have to drop basically every clip that he reads um, in this episode. We can thank our associate at Galaxy Garrison for that and for his phony attack order. Just remember our agreement, Crone. You can have the hocus pocus. I get the real estate. What's taking you so long, Hagar? I'm getting an itchy trigger finger. I don't like the looks of this. Pursue and destroy that craft. Hagar, I've waited long enough. I am launching a full-scale attack on Arus now! I had the lions in my hands! God, the 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 little the little bits of English that he puts on just the simplest words <laughs> is, is stunning. Is stunning. By now, the Voltron Force are hopelessly marooned. Soon to be lunch meat for the space lice I mutated. <laughs> what about Alora? I have something special planned for her. Right after I've destroyed the robot lions. If, while we're talking about clips, I want to drop one clip. The only time I laughed in this episode uh, was a line of hunks. Where and it didn't even make that much sense, Is but he this does the job. Line? Yeah, swell. We can get a pardon for doing a good job on a lousy job. That's punishment for doing a great job on a good job. We're getting job. <laughs> and I did laugh, even though I mean it was like it it's jumped past my brain and went to whatever makes kids laugh, you know. And it did work, right? Um, but. I don't. I think my biggest problem with this episode is the interpersonal stuff that happens after they get out of the mine and deal and are like trying to deal with the lice. Right. So this is this is the part that I don't understand at all. So the there is clearly like some sort of I I, I don't know a difference of philosophy between Lance and Keith, and Keith yeah. is apparently the the rule follower, and Lance is the get things done guy, and. Keith thinks that they should con- they're they're being tested and they should continue trying to rid this planet of space lice. Lance is like, no, let's just find our way out of here. This sucks. And then they two the other like two of them take sides, and so now it's two v two. And then Allura says some line where she looks at she looks at them and goes, "I'm really disappointed in you for right now." <laughs> I'm like, why for having two different opinions? 
Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what justifies I'm really disappointed in you right now? And then they the all storm is off. completely fabricated, yeah. And these people, yeah. these people are mad at each other, again, because they need a conflict, because they literally do spend, and I feel like I... I have maybe sounded like I've been exaggerating for the sake of comedy. In your they, they spent 20 minutes picking up rocks on, a, and so there. So the characters are. Um, I guess you you could you could build around it where they're like these are like, you know, one of them's a princess, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, uh, I could believe these sort of royal heroes uh, brought low to janitorial work on a rock planet. Uh, might bicker, but it felt so completely unbelievable in context. Yep. Right. I mean, the fact that they're also, they've been basically fired from doing Voltron. So they kind of start to almost like they're splintering, just kind of like, I don't know, we could get off the planet and leave them here. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter anymore because we don't have our cool lions. Like, we don't Why have a are job we doing anymore. a punishment if we've been fired? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it just kind of all falls apart because. Yeah, they they the these radioactive space lies can chew through and corrode metal, and so their their ship has been eaten, I guess, and so they need another way to get off the planet, and so there is like a scrap ship that needs engines, and then Keith and Pidge, I think, yeah, have engines. And they're using the engines to to cool down to use somehow the hot... they're using the engines to freeze the mine. <laughs> they cold the hot hot mine eat the with the cold eat heat and <laughs> make the make the lice cold. And... You know what? You know what? Uh, you it just occurred to me what else pisses me off about this whole scenario is that not just the 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 fact that there there's no reason for them to be mad at each other, but the things that bo- the two parties go off to do aren't in conflict with each other really because no. one of them is like I need to kill the space lice and the other group is like we need to find a way off this planet. Well, you all need a way off the planet. This is not this is not a bad idea. <laughs> We're no one's against leaving. <laughs> right. The other frustrating part is they spend all this time doing very little. And the time that goes between once they finally have like a workable. Uh, so like, yeah. So like for some reason, one of them, Lance, I think, pulls a gun. Yeah. No, Keith. You know, Keith has a gun and just starts suddenly points it at him is like, this is how it's going to go. Yeah. He's going to shoot Lance dead. <laughs> You're going to doing something him. different. You're not taking anything. Don't make me use this. You gonna do something with that, Keith? Because you have an engine, dis- you know, disagreement. I know we did the whole of the first Voltron show together and saved the galaxy, but now because you won't kill lice with me, you won't be my bug-killing friend, you have to die by my hand. Allura has pulled out her, like, lion talisman of some kind that no, has guided her. No, it's a magic her. lion paw. Yeah, and she sort of douses her way to a vision of uh, her home planet and it's getting attacked, so it's a setup by Lotor who's gonna go and, and Hagar wants to learn the secret of the lions, so so he sends the crone out there to go do her cronely things. And so Allura suddenly is like, boys, we have to stop fighting, we gotta work together and leave. 
And that's kind of what instantly solves all their problems. Oh, and now Keith is cool with getting a ship together. Right. And then suddenly it's literally three seconds later and they're they're off the planet. Like the the problem solving of like, hey, you used a bunch of our engine fuel. Now we can't get off the planet. And then they just, I don't know, they, they fix they it. They do it anyway. They do it anyway. It gets fixed. Everything well, gets fixed. Well, because they have to rush to some extremely boring space action. Right. Yeah, because they got to summon Voltron. They got to form Voltron every episode. It's it's such a grand disappointment for a couple reasons. Um, you know, for for one, because th- the buildup up to now has been a, what can only be described as sort of. Uh, oh, I don't even know the the buildup to this point. <laughs> yeah, the buildup up to this point has been has been so without uh, any kind of payoff that we have just as a viewer and especially as a, as an imaginary child viewer, uh, our, our mouths are, are dry. Our lips are chapped. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's time for a robot fight. Mm -hmm. And what we get is the most milquetoast space battle I've literally ever seen. It, Mm -hmm. the point of a fight in space is to use the space for, for whatever, for whatever, right? Like there's yeah. no collateral, there's no spatial limitations. Gravity's not real. Let's <laughs> fucking have some. Let's have some. Let's have some flashing lights. Let's Porygon this bitch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even when they whip out the dinosaur, it's still boring. You know the Ro yeah. beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a that's a trademark of of Voltron too. Is is Gal- the Galran Empire summons a Ro beast. And then they always fight whatever row beast of the week it is. Um, although we gotta, we gotta use the Tim Curry clip of him saying to deploy the row beast. Deploy row beast. Because it does sound like road beast, which I thought was fun. <laughs> road beast sounds like a a trash movie, like a, a grindhouse movie. You know, like road <laughs> yeah. beast. Road, road beast would beast. definitely be a v- on a VHS tape in the bottom of the bin. After midnight, stay off the road. <laughs> Brad um, Garrett is road <laughs> the beast. road beast. <laughs> Brad Garrett is road beast. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's really frustrating. It's lame. I, I, you know what? You know what stinks about it too is that when they do their transformation sequence and they form Voltron, that's supposed to be the hypest thing in your show. Like you're supposed to, in the tradition, spend. A good chunk of money up front making a repeatable sequence so that at least if the rest of your episode sucks, the transformation sequence feels high budget and dope. Mm-hmm. And the transformation sequence here feels dim and sad. And I, I, I've i told at least one of maybe both of you this story, but I'm saying it again on, the, on, on air. Uh, when I was a kid, I had a toy of the formed Voltron uh, that I inherited from my brother. Uh, when you know when he got too old to 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 care about it, um, and he, this Voltron toy was awesome, and it had the wings that like pulled out, and it was really cool, and the mouth opened and showed the face inside. And I was my must have been like six, and I was spinning and spinning and spinning with this Voltron toy, and I got <gasps> super dizzy, <laughs> and I'm like flying around fell like on your oh, Voltron, Voltron, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and I fell face first into the 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 frame of our futon, and. <laughs> And my teeth went into my lip, and I still have a big lump of scar tissue. Uh, 
And this scar is a proof of how dope the Voltron design is. Because as a six-year-old kid, I thought it was so much fun, and I I hurt myself for it. Another and I would Voltron-related injury. <laughs> I would not hurt myself for Voltron: The Third Dimension, which is no. good, but not on purpose, and certainly not even on accident. No, this it's not worth it. There's no emotion conjured by this, aside from disappointment. Like Rory <laughs> said, a grand disappointment. Maybe maybe <laughs> mild horror at just sort of these uncanny human-like android stick figures that they use <laughs> for people because oh, lord almighty do they look bad yeah i also want to pay lip service really quick before we move on uh to i'm sure at least one or two listeners who are just seething that the fact that the when we finally consume voltron it's this voltron <laughs> and to you i say welcome Suck to it. the podcast <laughs> welcome to hell <laughs> Well, okay, so I'm trying to ask some some sort of CG related questions to sort of probe probe our our selection the mm. way we we have in the past. Oh, but sure. I, I can't think of anything we don't give this show zeros for. Yeah, you know, like, and, it, and I don't want to just dunk on it. Like, uh, I mean, we, we I do, but not <laughs> not in the form of trying to be seriously critical of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm thinking like, does this show in any way benefit from being CG? Uh, and I can't think of any way that it does. I think it's actively harmed. I think it's actively yeah, harmed. I, I would say, I think the reason, the whole pitch for why the show is in 3D was for the lions, because the lions are a defined shape and they oh, just sure. sort of fly around. And we got, we got really 10 seconds of them in this in this episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, I know, exactly. But I know that like it was originally a thought that they could save money and they could sort of do do something for the the big lion bots would have been yeah, easier. Yeah, totally. So that's what I was thinking. It was 3D. like yeah, sort of animating these these lions or even just like explosions or weather, like shit that CG can not do better necessarily, but do effectively cheaply to make a higher quality product right yeah well um, and and this is this is also you know if we, you, you got to remember that the that the first show was um you know it's it's not it's not unlike robotech right where like a a japanese property was adapted into english with a lot of changes and then on of the American side, they started producing stuff like this. That's like a sequel to the dub with all the dub changes they made. And, uh, you know, it's sort of a weird, a weird, like extra growth on top. And, and obviously more Voltron content is made later and that's all in the same tradition. But like, you know, it's an early experiment in creating new official Voltron content without using animation. You didn't have to do yourself because you brought it from Japan. Right. And it fails a lot. Let's go to a sponsor. Hey, Rory. Yes, sir? I was hoping you could just come in here real quick and tell the people about <laughs> our new sponsor, Just for Trucks. Just for Trucks. The reason why all of us have gathered here today to talk about Just for Trucks. Uh, a brilliant, a brilliant product to to uh, uh 
Guys, I don't know how to say this tactfully, and I apologize for dancing around the topic for so long. No, no, no it's, all, it's, it's all right. We're marked explicit. Your truck is horny. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's been too long since, since you know, since the truck was intimate with another motor vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, Joe Biden still won't let you do it yourself. So, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, here Rory goes again in his <laughs> his soapbox about what Joe Biden won't let you do with your car. Uh, so, just for trucks would be the legalist way that um, you can get your truck back uh, back to square one, back to where it needs going, back to uh, uh, you know, back out to pasture. Let it. Let it run its course, uh, so to speak. Giving that trunk some action. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta some... you just gotta reset it. It's had a long week, you know. Right. Uh, of just haul it <laughs> and no lo- no loving. The back's all fun, but there's no lo- no love was was found that day. And the truck is sad and horny, and everything's <laughs> out of whack. And uh, just for trucks is a great way to service your auto vehicle. <laughs> um, you know Don't the way Joe Trump, Biden, <laughs> the, the the way trucks want to be serviced. Is this what that check engine lights always meant? I don't know. I, I'm not really good at reading truck signals. How am I gonna know if my truck is down bad? You know. Mm, sure. Uh, you know, take a fucking hint. How about uh, how how long are you just gonna leave your truck? You know, parked out on the parked out in the driveway withering away you know <laughs> you know exactly how long the truck has gone between services mm-hmm. yet it, this is not a situation where uh you know this is you have some alien on your front lawn that that requires some kind of complex you know algorithm to to figure out this is a bowl in heat and do your fucking job <laughs> man get your get your truck working right yeah you're right Get your just for trucks out, set it up, you know, it's, uh, just, you know, just, you know, it just goes right on, right underneath, you know, right underneath the chassis. <laughs> I think I don't need more details. <laughs> if you think the tractor's sexy, wait till you see the truck. <sighs> we'll have cut before that. <laughs> Probably. Probably, yeah. Hey, welcome back, Mega Cucks. Uh, Whoa, oh, I like that energy. No, <laughs> that one that one doesn't really work for our fans, though, does it? No, because they have significantly more sex than we do. <laughs> <laughs> our fans are all really hot and have lots of sex. <laughs> well, there's a lot more. Of, I mean, if we had to count instances, 
I think we'd be losing, which is good for us from a metrics perspective, but bad for our sex race. <laughs> for the sex race, we're always running. <laughs> oh no! This is this is the this is the time where we all remember uh, the, uh, the, the 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 shitty little toys that we all played with. And we are watching a show that really puts the car in cartoons. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm really I'm really failing right now. It's Hot Wheels Battle Force Five, and if that name alone doesn't carry your enthusiasm through this segment, I don't know what's going on with you because it's an incredible <laughs> Come on, are you name. Fucking amped. <laughs> Amp it up. Uh, this is episode what? Season two, episode thirteen, full throttle. And don't worry, one of us will attempt to explain what we've gleaned about the show in general shortly. But I'm going to read this for you first. To prevent Kritus from locating Sage, Battle Force Five enlist the aid of Pro Racer and 2005 Indianapolis 500 winner Dan Weldon in order to destroy the scanner that's being used to search the multiverse. Can I get you to uh, can I get you to read the summary one more time? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, 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 really hit the DW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. To prevent Kritus from locating Sage, Battle Force Five enlist the aid of Pro Racer. <laughs> 2005 Indianapolis 500 winner Dan Weldon <laughs> in order to destroy the scanner that's being used to search the multiverse. Dan Weldon! Dan now, surely they Weldon. didn't actually get the real the real Indy 500 winner Dan Weldon to oh, star in this episode, right? Baby Dan Weldon. They did. They got the real. They got the real guy. Holy really shit. <laughs> Not the Dan Weldon. <laughs> in the flesh. So this show, I think, actually suffers from something we've seen before and, I, and I'm sure exists in a lot of toy lines that really had no business being a narrative cartoon that they've decided to do anyway. Yeah, uh, sure. Where the writing in, 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 as mu- in as much creative freedom as they have, pretty decent for what it is and for what they were working with. And it's couched in this incomprehensible um narrative structure plus a uh, like uh, a a conceit that is not interesting right no right too many and too many shitty characters that we don't care about sure that um, too but i'm glad that you said pretty decent because here's the thing i actually kind of really dug like the core of this show. The dialogue when they had the room to play was fun. And but for me Sometimes. it's the central the central action sequence at the center of this episode. Uh actually a really cool concept visually. And it did was, work. Was was and I, I I intend to spend a lot more time talking about that. Um but I I actually dug <laughs> about the a fair amount of I, I I dug a fair amount of the plotting, like the way that they sort of it's well plotted, yes. but it's 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 having to again sort of play in a space that I'm not interested in. Sure, no, but of like not. but but no. like I said, I I agree. Where there was room for creativity, creativity shone through. Yeah, th- those people clearly went on to do better stuff. I would hope. <laughs> I'm gonna make an attempt here. So, imagine here, here's here's the things that you don't care about. 
blue alien good. Maybe only one left. Maybe not. She Unclear. blue. Unclear. She blue. Red alien bad. Is there more than one red alien? I don't know. We only saw a lot one of or them. two. There's a lot of them. There's yeah, a lot of them cars. technically. There we saw a lot of cars. We did not see a lot of red alien models, but we saw several red alien. They're bad. They search multiverse for blue alien to kill blue alien. And then sort of like like reboot, there is this sort of second world within. So I guess they say the multiverse, but they they go to some sort of like reboot like nexus. They have hub. zones, I believe. Yeah. Much and like a spiral yeah. zone. Yeah, and they have to compete <laughs> in various race car challenges. Fight the zone. Uh, and also doing like pretty violent murder to the red alien cars. Yeah. Um, they're very surprisingly violent race cars. <laughs> uh, please, please allow me to continue. Yes. Yep. Blue alien on Earth, blue alien meet Hot Wheels race car m- men and women from various cultures around Earth. No, no one else on Earth know about blue alien. Blue Alien secret, protect Blue Alien, protect the multiverse. We drive cars, we're Hot Wheels Battle Force 5. Also, no one else on Earth seems to know about Battle Force 5, uh, in the context at least that you, one would think that Battle Force 5 recruits out of elite race car drivers, like yeah. Indianapolis 500 winner Dan Weldon. <laughs> but sure. he, is, he is completely unawares uh, of, this, of this ongoing battle for the, yeah, for uh-huh. the sake of... For the uh, fate of the galaxy. The multiverse. The multiverse. Be that many galaxies or two. Who knows? We've only seen two. We've only seen two. Uh, All right. We're going to have to not talk about characters specifically because I don't think any of us can tell them apart. There is a British one. There is a a Russian one. They're both extremely bad caricatures. Um, Uh, Yes, but they made the smart choice of doing the horrible accent work with uh, predominantly white countries. The Mexican guy does not have a strong offensive accent, which I thought was a smart choice. Yeah. Yeah. More Uh, than five, though. Definitely more than five of this this battle force. Why are they battle force five? Are they the fifth (laughs) one? Where are the other four? What's happening? Uh, They are- It's at least six. Uh, there is a really great moment later on. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but the, the only time the British guy or any of these accent characters really was enjoyable to me was I like the British, the little British moment. You can you can have yeah. that just commenting that I thought it was fun as well. It, it is fun. There, I mean, we'll both we'll basically just drop a clip of it. But the British guy and Dan Weldon try and out out Commonwealth each other by talking about <laughs> how close they are to the throne. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. He's like, oh yes, the paparazzi. I know what that's like, being 189th in line for the crown and all. I got a good friend who's 188th in line. Kind of looks like you, but better looking, taller. Yeah, but not faster. I liked it. I got a chuckle. Yeah, the the show itself opens with um the phrase "juice me." Juice me. Um, <laughs> because they're playing some sort of Dan Weldon video game. Um, yes. At this sort of weird outpost in the middle of the salt flats or something. I'm not exactly sure. Um, Next time I play Dan Weldon. In the context <laughs> of this sort of like interdimensional race car driver uh, show, it doesn't, it's it's very hard to follow where they're playing a 
a video game in a different universe where they drive race cars. It, uh-huh. And mm-hmm. then you find out it's for fun and that they're not, but then they also race their cars for fun, but the video game's different. It, I, <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure they're just sort of Chekhovsing us a Dan Weldon. Oh, of course. It's Chekhov's a Chekhov's Weldon. Weldon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and we didn't mention a main character's name is Vert Wheeler, right? We did not um, mention that. No, no. Cause the name is Vert. Vert Wheeler. Um, and the the weird thing is that they're they're playing Dan Weldon video games, right? And then yeah. something sort of streaks across their territory. Um, and it's a it's fast test car. Track. Yeah, and, and everybody hops in their car to go like right after and see like what this fast no, car is. No, they're trying doing. to hunt and kill him. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that is that it goes across and like, wow, we couldn't couldn't get it. Next time, let's set the traps out. because it'll come back and then they like try to basically dismantle this car that's just sort of passing through these are the main characters and this car is not disrupt i mean it's not it's it's not not an army base they don't do any battle on earth this is their like practice track yeah right and so well it's trespassing yes sufferable by death Yes, I, by the, they're right as Americans. I, I, I guess I want to point. I want to point out. Your ground uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a line that I don't know why it made me laugh so much, but it was just so weird. Where they're like, "Agora, is your trap set? All five of them. <laughs> all five. It's, just, it's not we an all know that a, We all know that Agora has five traps. That's <laughs> that's her deal. The fabled five traps of Agora." <laughs> <laughs> And he who can pass the five traps of Agora will surely be be Dan Weldon. Weldon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because they corner this car once they finally get to stop. All like, you know, more than five of their battle force surrounds the the car that will be the car of the fabled Dan Weldon, winner of the (laughs) 2005 Indianapolis 500. Um, And yeah, and he's just like, I'm working on a secret move, so I needed somewhere the press couldn't find me. Can't have them leaking it before I unleash it. (laughs) <laughs> that is all great, all well and good. And they talk to him and they go to some sort of diner, some sort of 50s diner in the middle of the desert. <laughs> they feed him pie and it seems like a plot point and it's not. No. They, they do make a big deal about pie. it and, they, and there's even a callback. Yeah. yeah. And uh, CG... He even says, wow, this is great pie. <laughs> a CG, like, key lime pie with green food coloring. Like I, mean, I have to assume that's what this is. Because yeah. otherwise, this is some sort of disgusting green pie with no mm-hmm. other explanation. But regardless of whether it is a, a a traditionally green pie or not, it does not look good in CG. No, it looks it very unappetizing. Now, now that's it's a, a good lead-in, though, because we ha- we spend a lot of time talking about how Ugo Voltron is. This show, let's talk a little bit about the art style, because I think primarily it works. I think For, it, it works most pretty of the moments, well. I liked it. It's uh, got, 2009, so they've had some time yeah. to to dial in what CGI looks like. And it's a minor thing, right? Where maybe they, you know, the writers didn't consider that a key lime pie was, and they wouldn't have known, was just going to mm-hmm. look wretched, <laughs> you know, in their animation style. And you just, that's a swing that they missed. But for the most part, I'm with you, Austin. I liked it. There's yeah. something about the design of these characters. It's like, everything's good. It moves well. They, you know, they're expressive blah 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 they've got annoying big hair but it's 2009 but this whole cast seems like serial mascots or like 
or like a, a Cheetos commercial or something. Like it has uh, yeah, that sort I of. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. It like, like corporate designed these characters, you know? And yeah, obviously, nobody's yes, too they interesting looking. Mm hmm. Like, you know, you expect one of them to go, hey, kids, like at any moment. But I, I, I don't know. And then there's Dan Weldon, who's just like sexy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but and, even then, his design is not. I mean, no, he's not. He's not character actor Dan Weldon. Yeah, <laughs> although it could be worse for a you know car driver as a guest star for, on an animation, on uh, you know for a voice acting gig. You know, this isn't like a NFL player doing SNL or something. It's, like he does a decent job. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 heel turn that this episode takes, like eight to ten minutes in is among the fastest I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. We're doing this pie scene, this scene where he goes, wow, this is great pie, and he's just very enamored of the pie. And within, like, 20 seconds, their blue alien friend is like, the red alien, bad, scanning, found, find me. And then they're all in cars in another universe. Yep. <laughs> and it's a totally different show all of a sudden. The Dan Weldon farce is over. <laughs> they left Dan Weldon at the it. altar. <laughs> with, with a slice of pie um yeah yeah because they ran off and now here's the part where you know i really got got into it um because the center concept of this that they kind of designed all the action sequences around is this big satellite in this whatever zone digital zone or fancy alien world, whatever alternate not earth place that they go to um, there's this big satellite, but the satellite, in order to get to the satellite to destroy it, satellite bad, right? Yeah. Um, is a series of these rotating concentric rings, kind of like the tumblers on a lock or something, like constantly rotating. It's and like one of those mazes you play with your, uh, like a steel, uh, ball bearing. Right. You, yeah. Yeah. Right. But yeah, there's but only like one. If, if they were all moving, if the walls were all moving. Right. Like there's only one opening on each of these concentric rings. So in order to mm -hmm. get, you have to sort of swerve into one of them and then get to the next one and to the next one, you know, by by going through these rings. And so they didn't is... explain, I'm sorry, they didn't explain why they couldn't just go slower. Like I get why this, yeah. why these openings were very <laughs> treacherous at the speed they're going. But until the very end, when there's like hostels on their, on their, on those bogeys on their six. I didn't understand why they couldn't just go slower. Because no. they signed an oath, Rory, to never go slower than 60. <laughs> I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Um, uh, although th it does feel very Fast and Furious. Like, it does It does yeah. sort of feel like, or like a Mission Impossible movie, where there's sort of like this center core, like a heist or a stunt, or there's something that they have to do. Well, and it they seems have yeah. to, easy like, to explain with a little bit of lip service, right? Like, they need to right. keep centripetal force going or something right right and and the reason that this is so effective so they they end up having to like take their cars into all right this is here's the opening we got to get in and then they got to drive through and then here's the yeah. next opening we got to sort of get in at, at like mock speed and it's really effective because not only are they doing that visually there's also like a top-down uh display showing these concentric rings and everything and it just like it's it's really visually easy to understand and yep. they base the whole, like, problem of the episode around doing this and getting through it. And they try several times. They do it once. And then they do, like, they realize they need Dan Weldon in order to to get that kind <laughs> of speed and to have that kind of skill to <laughs> get through all these rings. Where are we going to find rings. something that drives faster than the sky knife? 
Now, this <laughs> was another thing at I, each other. <laughs> I didn't quite understand, which could be just a, a conceit of the show where there's always some kind of race car puzzle that takes multiple tries. But I uh-huh. didn't understand what was happening where like they get sort of kicked out of the game when they fail. And they, I like that they have to keep going back into this one puzzle and attempting it in different ways with different, you know, uh, different outcomes. Um, like that engaged me. I just didn't understand why they got multiple shots at going. No, I think I getting mean, one time it was a simulation. Uh, That's so true. They with Dan actually Weldon, doing it was a simulation. Yeah, but at least Weldon. one time they actually went in. Right. Yeah, they and went I in think, and they couldn't. And somehow they didn't die, but they didn't win either. Right. It's just sort of some kind of plot fuckery. Um, there's also like when they do the final run, it's the two cars. It's it's Vert and Dan Well and his hero Dan Weldon, because uh, <laughs> Vert is very excited to be hanging out with Dan Weldon, doing stuff with Dan Weldon. It's a fun power dynamic too. Yeah, it's fun yeah. because it's a cameo, and as um, you, I mean, I just have to imagine. Uh, children are not excited by Indianapolis 500 winner Dan Weldon. Uh, <laughs> no. Maybe they, maybe there's a demographic that is. Uh, but even assume, if you're not familiar yeah. with the specific man, Dan Weldon, it's fun to see the hero of an intergalactic, multi-dimensional defense force just giddy about hanging out with a race car driver. <laughs> like that's yeah. fun. It's fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, Although I will say that this show, I think the show was Nelvana. I think this was Canada. Yeah, it's a Canadian um, show. And so maybe the sort of, I, will, I, I don't want to call him an athlete, but I guess the sort of sporting celebrities may be a little different outside of the U.S., you know? Perhaps, um, but they do call him Indianapolis 500 winner, unless right, maybe, but he is, maybe in he Canada is from, they reference some sort of Forza event. I, I mean, I he's from Australia? I, New Zealand? Oh, no, I think I he thought was, he was uh, British. I think he's British. I think he's actually oh. British, but he doesn't sound very British. Uh, he, sounds, yeah. he sounds vaguely Australian, but yeah. who knows? Uh, I think... <laughs> I like the idea that <laughs> that, like, Canada might have their own, like, Calgary 500 or something because <laughs> I have to I have to imagine Canada's uh, 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 you know Formula One racing scene is probably not big enough to justify just not piggybacking on ours no there's too um, much ice on the roads you know ah uh, yes uh, when they so they they now they now know they need Dan Weldon to, to succeed and so they have to tan- tell Dan the truth about their crazy defense force. And then the first line that comes out of his mouth is, Wow, I feel like a 24-cylinder engine just exploded in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I don't, is there a mandate that they have to make car jokes all the time? Because it just feels like a weight around their neck. Because you know what I mean? otherwise, why are you doing a Hot Wheels show, right? Like, uh-huh, because this, uh-huh. this has so little... I mean, Hot Wheels is nothing anyway, right? Again, right. It, it's not a narrative property. Ah, yes, the storied lore of Hot Wheels. Well, it'd be like making a cartoon out of a Rubik's Cube. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. And like I said at the beginning, Andy, I, I, I strongly believe this show is handicapped by the premise and the IP that it's shackled to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this yep. is already that, a spinoff of another Hot Wheels show. Yeah, and clearly, the but and, and ironically, clearly the fact that it's a... Hot Wheels show is how they were probably able to afford, you know, halfway decent writers. Oh, and Dan Weldon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet Dan Weldon has a Hot Wheels contract for the model. Oh, you possibly. Know? Yes, yes. Possibly. And like, Hot Wheels hey, shows. Dan, we we own you now. 
Uh, <laughs> come, come, please do our show. You belong to Hot Wheels now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, something that we haven't really mentioned, right? Like, the, the, if there's a connection here to Hot Wheels, this concentric circles, you know, race puzzle, I think is also kind of fun because what it essentially means is that these cars are going around in skinny curved tracks, which is what your Hot Wheels do. Sure. And totally. You know, if you've got the, if you've got, if you had Hot Wheels like I did and you had, you had a bunch of like, you know, things to make tracks with, like, yeah, it, it's, it, it evokes the Hot Wheels energy, at least in this episode. I don't know if they succeed at doing that every, no, every week. No, that's a good point. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, it, it does have the sort of vague feeling of an actual Hot Wheels track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that is yeah. until act three, I think. Um, but <laughs> this, <laughs> sorry, this is so funny. Dan Weldon has been working on this trick called the 1260 ricochet. That's what he was trying to practice when he was trespassing right. on their on their land. Um, and they they realized they need him to do the 1260 ricochet if he's going to be able to get in and p- destroy this, this satellite dish. And he doesn't think he can do it, and he fails in the simulation. And when him and Vert go in, <laughs> they realize that they have to do it together, <laughs> and they make their cars kiss. Like, I mean, it's like a magnetic lock or something. But they like front to front kiss their cars and then they make their cars spin around each other like the Beauty and the Beast dance, but with cars. <laughs> you're just watching from overhead and they're just spinning around each other. And I don't know. I liked it a lot, but it's very, it's very out there, I think. It is. Uh, yeah. But again, they were going for problems that are visual and mm-hmm. it is fun to watch them be resolved visually. Um, instead of, and again, they having this central problem that we're all on board with what the problem is and what the obstacles are to solve it. Unlike yeah. reboot, which was just constantly like, oh, there's a new problem. Oh, we're going to do this. Oh no, this isn't the real problem. Oh, it's changed. Oh, it's going to, it's just like this, this had a clear goal and then it yeah. did fun stuff to resolve it. And that was made for a really satisfying episode. Um, the. The thing, though, when I when I actually break down what it would have been like for Dan Weldon to have been approached (laughs) by these people who he does not know, he trespassed on their land. They tell him they're a member of some sort of secret organization and they're they're going to have to strap a bomb to his car (laughs) 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 and make him drive in what is ostensibly a suicide mission to blow up a space satellite. Um, for the good of the I, multiverse. Yes, for the good of the multiverse. If I were Dan Welton, I would maybe just want like a, a secondary source on this information <laughs> before I do it. Um, no, he's so know, game. He's so on board. And yeah, in fact, they have a conversation later where where Vert is saying that when I was a kid, all I wanted to be was a race car driver. When I was a kid, all I wanted to do was fight aliens. Now's your chance. <laughs> that was my favorite line in the whole episode. That's a, it's, that's a, fun it's a fun. It's a fun line. It's it's both kind of funny and it shows like it, it's a little bit clever and it says something about their characters and it says something a little universal about right. like how we like everybody wanted to fight aliens. The grass is always greener. Yeah, yeah, and that angle too, right? Like it's it's I don't know it it that's a very serviceable script line. It's very good. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, there, there's a. I mean, this is a little bit of an inference because they don't actually talk about it in in, the, in terms of suicide missions. But when it's brought up to Dan Weldon, and they're like, you know, there's a, you know, there's a reasonable chance he won't come back from this, and he's like, sounds like if I don't do it, there's a very reasonable chance I definitely don't come back from it too. Like, <laughs> yeah, the multiverse is also the multiverse is about to explode. I live in the multiverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they 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 win. They do it. Yeah, they, they blow win. it up. Yeah, and uh, the the ending the ending. Yeah, I it's think it's not a goofball gag. It kind of wrecked <laughs> it, it for me a little bit. I mean, it, it does. Wreck, it didn't yeah. wreck it, but it, it's cheap. And I mean, maybe for kids it worked. It's kind of a kid's laugh, but uh, for for what the show, I don't want to say could have been. We're still talking in degrees of mediocrity, but yes, um, I I do have uh, I I was pleased. In the context of what I sat down to watch, with what I saw, and the ending is just uh, Vert gets to race Dan Weldon on there, but then Vert has his friends wreck Dan Weldon's car, so he yeah, doesn't race Dan Weldon. They decide to cheat. They decide yeah. to actually just cheat, and then yeah. he it, drives it's, off. <laughs> it's worse. And it sounds bad, and I think it's worse if you have a little extra context of what they've been no, saying. No, in synopsis, that's funny, but in in, in well, yeah. Well, I mean, um, I mean, it sounds like he's an asshole, right? Visually, it denies that race, right? Well, like, it denies the race, and it sounds like he's an asshole. But, but he has said, like, you know, like Dan, oh, Dan Weldon doesn't like, give a fuck. <laughs> no, no, but no. Hold on, Dan's been like, I got to live my dream today. I got to I go know, fight yeah, aliens. You're totally right. And then Vert's like, I'd like. And to he's like, why should why shouldn't you get to live your dream? And he's like, Yes, I am going to live my dream. I'm going to get to. Cheat, cheat and win against Dan Weldon, who can't in a even fake compete. Race. <laughs> yeah, Live in the dream, baby. <laughs> I I like the idea that he would do that. Like that, it's kind of funny, but visually, it's it's a bit of a wet, a bit of a wet fart, right? It 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 just it it takes all the wind out of the sails of of a of a nice moment. Yeah, I guess. undercuts for, for like, a tiny laugh. Yeah, I. You almost wish it would be better to do like an 80s freeze frame ending. Yeah, of them, totally. Like, just fighting, you know, of them racing and then, oh, who's going to win? Just taking off. Yeah. Or, yeah, oh, right at the finish line, you know, whichever. Like, yeah. Something. I don't know. But to have him cheat, to have the end is just like, oh, no, he straight up <laughs> cheated and took the wheels off your car. And now he's just going to, he's just going to drive by himself. <laughs> yeah. when it, it's, it's funny you mentioned the 80s freeze frame because I, I did kind of think. That was, I don't want to say Dan Weldon put it in his rider that he can't lose a race to fictional characters, but <laughs> it felt like a way to not have real life Indianapolis 500 winner Dan Weldon lose a race. Right. Yeah. Right. And also give your main character a little, you know, get their beak wet a little bit. Yeah. But I like, I like the freeze frame choice better. I think that's a smarter, yeah. a smarter way to end it. Yeah. Well, shit. I mean, I'm. Biggest surprise of the night was was <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of enjoying Hot Wheels Ben Folds Five, uh, um, or Battle Force Five. Fused, the fused is also being thrown in Battle Battle Force Five. Fused, I think that's the name of the season. I think oh, that's I right. Didn't, I didn't, I didn't pick up on any sort of fused nonsense. Yeah. Oh I shit! Think- it, the Wikipedia article does say season two fused twenty ten to twenty eleven. Okay, so Hot Wheels Battle Force 5 Fused. <laughs> Definitive edition for Nintendo Switch. <laughs> HD.
All right, uh, all right, morning glories. We're here at <laughs> our little Weldons. <laughs> our Weldons, our Dan, our little Dannys. Just Weldon. We're we're at the end of uh, the middle of our CGI. Did I call it an Explodapalooza? You did. You did. And that's what, it, and that's what it still is. It remains an Explodapalooza. Um, <laughs> and what are what are our temperatures? You know, put it in your butt. Let's. It's the only accurate way. Don't. <laughs> it's the only accurate way. So. Uh, where we're at so far in CGI, I think, is that it is, like so many other mediums, it is a tool that has strengths and weaknesses. And and yet, it is significantly the strength that it is, I mean, uh, unsurprisingly, I suppose, but, but when, this, when its strength is cost-cutting measures, it, it, it is never, I, I, I cannot say that I'm pleased anything we've seen so far wasn't hand-drawn, right? Though, yeah. I suppose, perhaps uh, the very existence of our show might bias me in mm-hmm. that direction, right? Like, I think uh, some of the visuals of Battle Force 5 were kind of cooler because they it did. It was kind of cooler. But overall? Yeah. I, I have, uh, you know... Obviously, this is this is in its infancy, right? Like we're not we're not looking at CG at its peak. Like we're not watching fucking Pixar movies. But I think, as always, there is the novelty factor that was selling at the time, right? Like it wasn't because it was good or because it made sense or because it was artistically correct. It was that CG was new, and that was you know where the kids were excited about it because it was new and different. And yeah. there, there was money to be made. Uh, looking back on them, they are poor decisions. A lot of them. Um, yeah. Now, I never watched James Neutron, the the you know ah, boy, the boy genius James Neutron. I did. Um, <laughs> but and I, I know that that was popular for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, if I think off the top of my head, like what is a good use for CG, I would lean much more towards vehicle sort of inorganic yeah. sort of shows and not ones that are interpersonal interpersonal conflicts and stuff with lasers and beams yeah you know cuz people just look bad yeah now i will i want to say something so this is this is a the, i mentioned very early on in this episode that i thought that reboot did some specific things right and i'll stand by this i feel like reboot whether or not it was executed well, which it wasn't, of course. Uh, I think that it had 2D animator, 2D animators and like animators in general attempting to recreate some of their philosophies in 3D. And by that, I mean the actual things that the characters were doing, their sort of expressive body language, the way that the weird little like binomes would walk around and move. The way things move in Reboot is visually interesting. And the way things have moved in the two shows that we watch today have been boring as all get out. There's no actual like animation happening aside from blocking. Like we're getting people where they need to be. We are moving cars around. We're making some exciting car action, but people are just moving and we're giving no thought to how they are they're living right or, if you think you about know? what you know all the principles of animation like squash and stretch and you know all of the sort of like um 
those sort of tenets of animation that make it interesting. Um, that none of that is is really present. Right. So there's that. And like I said, I'm also looking for things that are either massively time consuming or massively cost prohibitive or pr- pr- probably both uh, to do in in hand drawn animation mm-hmm. or computer assistive animation for that matter. Like let's yeah. just let's do a lot of things like really visually busy animation flying around laser beams plasma right like i don't totally you know just let's let's indulge in what computers can do well and uh and lean into that rather than this sort of weird hacky attempt at cheaper animation Uh, yeah i mean i still remember when mulan came out and it was a huge big deal that they were using computers to like make the the mongol hordes but so that they didn't have to animate each individual person but so that each individual yeah, person sort of yeah, wasn't I on the that. same like, i mean that was uh the uh the stampede in lion king too is like yeah early, that too early it's like you know wow we can do crowd stuff and that you know and like everybody looks like they're moving on a different you know speed or their legs are in different positions and we don't have to like spend fucking weeks of our lives on this sequence we can like kind of automate some parts of it and for the parts that don't matter you know right and and i remember i remember that being a huge deal for like man think of what we can focus on now and neither of these shows and maybe reboots sometimes included have really taken advantage of like the true like extra multitasking and the 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 the, the real strengths of a computer where you can like yeah, make your story be big and then and busy. have yeah, yeah, and then be spectacle. Yeah, yeah. And so, I would, I would say that only now in 2021 are computer generated shows, computer animated shows, like really starting to stand on even footing. Like just starting to get there, I would say. With their, um, and I, you know, I've watched a lot of the Clone Wars. Um, mm-hmm all of the Clone Wars I've seen. Um, and we're not watching it for this because it's, you know, a fucking a thousand episodes and the good ones are again, like reboot sort of only good. Cause you've put the time in. Yeah. And, um, there are some new episodes of when it came back that, I mean, it looks good. Like it really looks good. And, yeah, and I, but and that's I think with you're, Disney you're, money. Right. I also, I think you're specifically talking about uh, 3D modeling, like 3D animated, computer animated yes, shows. Because, yeah, that's what I'm because saying. Because yeah. there's oh, also... everything is done computer. No, I just mean like, yeah, I mean, every all animation now is done computer. But I'm, I'm like, there's there was also like a weird between era where major shows were being animated in Macromedia Flash and then the yeah. Adobe Flash, right? Like, like the, the sort of 2D computer programmed animation as well like homestar runner style which you know also had its own weirdness and i i I don't know 3d has always just been such a struggle to add life and 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 interest and you know in a way that that 2d has always just sort of had automatically yeah and uh yeah because the strength is that you can reuse models and and so with 3d you can yeah, you can just pose them, but the problem means that they do not change, or you have to rebuild a new model just to sort of make their head look slightly bigger, their eyes go wide. Like, it takes 
so much more work to show expression. And so you just, you just lose all of that unless mm-hmm. you really work on it. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited for next week. Uh, should we say what we're going to watch next week? Or are we yeah, going to leave the it a people. surprise? Tell the people. Well, we didn't want to indulge him, but... But we're watching Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. It's Arthur. <laughs> no, we're going to do Beast Wars. We're doing Beast Wars. I don't know how we're going to do it. It's a weird fucking monster of a show. There's way too much lore in it. We may just have to watch the first couple episodes, or we might yeah. just dive in the deep end. I don't yeah, even I know. know. So, yeah, Patrick, who suggested this arc, I think was really, you know, quite quite chuffed at the idea of us watching <laughs> Beast Wars. We would it, love it was to like not he was... just not do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it would he was be a real shame if he ruined a pair of pants and we didn't even watch the show <laughs> he wanted us to watch. It's it's as if he was coyly blinking at us, and on his eyelids were written "Beast" and "Wars." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so that is that is what we are doing, and that'll be the the finale of our our foray into CG. And I'm gonna be perfectly honest; I'm having a good time, but I'm not gonna be upset to say goodbye to CG and go back to 2D. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, no, honestly, the only the biggest upshot of doing a live action arc and doing a CG arc means that now we can watch vampires, uh, which is both. Um, and look it up, look it up, um, look up vampires. Uh, cause we're going to have to watch it at some point. I can't wait. <laughs> look at my little chops. Lick them. Uh, any final, any final pitches for what we call our fans? Um, our little vampires, the <laughs> tune buggies, oh, tune buggies, tune buggies. <laughs> That's cute. And then, and then we also can sort of recycle that for one of our other podcasts. <laughs> oh, for for backlog, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! Well, we'll see you next Tuesday, you tune buggies. Not final. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you want to hear more shows from us, we have two more for you. The Infinite Backlog is our extremely exciting Marvel podcast where we started at 1961 and we move forward with way too much reading. Wham, bam, pow. (laughs) And you get to hear almost every week Rory and Shane complain about how much reading it is. There's so much reading. It's always Warlock. (laughs) It comes out most Saturdays. We've also got I've Read Doom with Rory Voy, me, Rory Voy. It's a podcast where I have read Dune and they're my captive audience for an hour. Every Wednesday till we finish the book, we're releasing I've Read Dune with Rory Voy, me, and I've Read Dune. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows really and you want to support us, we do have a Patreon chock full of bonus content. Everything from videos to sound clips to even some fun art that I get to make for you once a month. Um, And, you know, even if you can't support us monetarily, if you don't have anything to give, 
We would just love it if you joined our Discord and send us memes. <laughs> um, send memes to us all day long. Keep us awake all night long with your memes. We love memes. We consume them. Just ruin us with your memes. <laughs> Please ruin us with your memes. As always, our links are in the episode description. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Laters. Laters.